0: Welcome to C3 Church, The book It. We believe Jesus Christ gives lives to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Hi, C3. What a pleasure it is to be sharing the Word of God here in 2022 with you and with your church, with your congregation, with your leadership, with all your team. We're so proud of you and all that you're doing for the Kingdom of God. Congratulations. You are full of faith. You're full of power. And I declare over you blessing in Jesus Name. May the blessing of God that makes rich and has no sorrow be poured out on you and every family, every individual in all of our congregations all around the world as we march towards that great victorious church that Jesus is building throughout all the world in our corner. It's C3, and we are called by God to build a movement that moves in the power of the Holy Spirit, that operates in faith, that raises up many, many leaders, and that has as, as it, at its core discipleship. Our core culture is to make disciples, not just get decisions on Sunday, but to in- bring people into a lifestyle and to understand that it costs something to follow Jesus. It isn't just about us getting blessed, et cetera. It's about actually laying down our lives, taking up our cross and following Jesus. That is at the very foundation of what we Uh, preaching. To bring salvation to the world, to bring healing and deliverance, etc., which is awesome. But that should lead people into a committed lifestyle where we say we're going to follow Jesus. I have decided I will follow Jesus. No turning back. No matter what comes against us, we are committed. And there will always be things that coming against all of us, from leadership to everybody throughout the congregation. There's opposition, persecution, spiritual warfare, trials. Uh, fellowship, believers, things that happen in there that are difficult sometimes. All of these are challenges, but they are good for us. They transform us. They change us in Jesus Name. And you are built for it. The church is incredibly robust, very strong, moving into a brilliant future in Jesus Name. I'm so glad to have you as part of what God is doing and so glad to be sharing the journey with you. Now, this scripture, that I am sharing with you today is a scripture that I would say is part of the cultural formation of who we are as C3. There are other scriptures such as Isaiah 54, Isaiah 60, and then uh, the scriptures about I will build my church that Jesus brought us in Matthew 16. And there are a variety of scriptures that that describe how we have traveled and what we have developed as cultural norms for us to live by in, uh, in C3. And this Isaiah 61 is definitely one of those passages. So I thought it'd be very pertinent right now as we move into 2022 out of uh, a lot of nations anyway, out of COVID lockdowns and isolation, etc. This scripture is also pressing on me, because I believe that a major part of our future is to do with the Holy Spirit and His presence moving amongst us, the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, worship, His presence, the atmosphere, the anointing, breaking darkness, the healing power of God, the ability to work miracles. All of these, the word of knowledge, prophecy, speaking in tongues. These are part of who we are and we need to keep it alive. We need to keep these areas alive by making room for God in our personal world and room for God in our church services so that He is able to move and touch lives powerfully every weekend that we gather together. One of the great things about the Holy Spirit is that you don't have to be weird to move in the Spirit or to have the Holy Spirit. He can, he can come in completely normative, acceptable ways. Sometimes it is a little unusual, and that's not so bad either, because it's attention grabbing for people. Uh, they think, wow, what's, what's going on there? And, and I know that these days th- there is no doubt the moving of the Holy Spirit will not be decreasing. It will be increasing. In uh, in all sorts of areas right around our world, Isaiah 61. Let's get to it. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Now you'll remember that Jesus quoted this in Luke 4:18. He said, "The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me," and we are told to imitate Jesus, to be like him. And so he would I, he would reaffirm his identity and things about him regularly. He would say, I am the bread of life. I'm the door. I'm the way, the truth and the life. Uh, and so he would relate who he was so that people could f- truly understand what was going on in his life. I'm the true vine. Uh, me and my father, we're this. And, and it's the area of identity that the devil attacked Jesus on. That's the weakest link in most people's chain of faith. they their self-doubt, their self-identity. Because the devil said, if you are the Son of God, if you are who you say you are, then prove it to yourself. Do this. But Jesus knew that what you act on, you strengthen. And so he wasn't going to act on doubt. He wasn't going to act on a temptation to doubt God. He knew by revelation, no, I am who God says I am. I don't need proof. I will walk in the revelation knowledge not in trying to get external knowledge by uh, confirmation by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. So you and I need to regularly and constantly acknowledge every good thing that is in us in Christ Jesus. That's a scripture from Philemon, verse six, where Paul says to this man, we become effective when we acknowledge every good thing in us in Christ Jesus. It's easy for us to think about the negative things that are in us. And most people naturally go there. But if we initiate thoughts about the good things that are in our lives, we will find ourselves becoming more and more effective in communicating our faith, imparting what God has given us. And so Jesus did that. He said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. We should say that all the time. The Spirit of God is on me. I'm anointed. The power of God is in me. I'm full of power by the Spirit of God, the prophet Micah said. And and when we are able to state those things that God has done for us, I'm blessed. I am in victory. I'm a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. I have a sound mind. I have uh, forgiveness of sins. I am cleansed. I'm washed in Jesus Name. Then we state the Word of God. It reprograms our thinking. But even more so, it creates a spiritual reality. And it is with the heart we believe in confession with the mouth that we are saved. Romans 10, 8 and 9 tells us that this is the way salvation works, believing in the heart, speaking with the mouth. And so when we get a hold of a scripture like this, the Spirit of the Lord God is on me every weekend, every day, we should say the Spirit of God is on me. I'm anointed by God. The Holy Spirit is falling in our church. The Holy Spirit is moving on our families. And I believe that about our entire movement. And I declare over our whole movement, the Holy Spirit is upon you. The anointing is upon you. Healing is upon you. Blessing is on you. In the name of Jesus, we declare it according to the Word of God. Then he says, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Interesting to me that the very first expression Jesus thinks of or the Holy Spirit wants to deal with is poverty. Poverty is not a blessing. It's a curse. Tell anybody who's in deep poverty that they're blessed, they will. They'll say, no, I'm not. Uh, This is, this is terrible. I remember Dr. Cho telling us when he started his church in Korea, in Seoul, he was using an old disused army military uh, tent from the USA from their occupation days there and uh, when they were helping. And uh, and he would walk around the villages where these these tents were and broken down shanties to try and get people along to his tent church. And uh, he'd knock on the door and his message was, he said, It was very bad. He said, I would tell people they're going to hell if they don't receive Jesus. And uh, so one day he knocks on the door. He's about to tell this woman his message. And he he tells you, you're going to hell if if you don't receive Jesus. And she laughs at him, opens her mouth up. There's teeth missing. She looks terrible. She says, going to hell? (laughs) You're kidding me. I'm already in hell. And uh, I'm there. She said, every night my husband comes home drunk, smashes teeth out of my head. Uh, Look at us. We live in mud. There's just nothing here, no food. Uh, Look at me. I can't even wash. I'm covered in dirt. My hair's just a mat. And I don't need to go to hell. I'm there. And so he realized that he needed to preach good news to people who are in poverty. And what would that be? That would be that God is able to start providing for you and get you out of this. Now, when, when people live in prosperous environments, it's easy to promote the idea of poverty and to downplay the idea of doing well in life. But that's when you're comfortable. When you're not, and that is terrible. When you can't feed your children, when you can't pay medical bills, when you can't go to the hospital, when, you, when, when your marriage is a disaster and, and your husband won't work or can't get work, that's not blessing. And so Jesus says, one of the first things we want to do is to preach. Now, we can do a lot of good things for poor people, help them out. and We do right around our movement in C3. We do. And, and it's awesome. I love it. But He is saying we need to preach good news and show people by teaching them how to work in life, how to build up an income, how to become entrepreneurs, how to be, how to be doing well in life. And he said, this is one of the first things, the anointing and the Holy Spirit being on me is going to actually motivate me to do. The second thing he says, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. This is a really important area today. And, and I, my experience is, is that there are a lot of people whose dreams have been destroyed. They thought their marriage was going to be wonderful. They thought they'd have a home. They thought they could have kids. And things haven't happened like they wished, like they wanted. And playing along with that, it seems to me that not a lot of people are emotionally resilient and able to take it. They've been told they're wonderful and incredible and life's going to work out for them and they follow their dream, follow their star and they get awards for participating. I go like, that doesn't develop emotional resilience when you fail because all of us will fail. I've got more failures than successes behind me. And, And learning how to fail and keep on going and get up again and not let it destroy you so that you explode or implode or get depressed or anxious, and, but you just actually go for it again. And to have emotional strength and maturity to keep on going ahead without sulking or throwing tantrums is important. And so he is saying heal broken hearts, heal people who have been disappointed and help them to actually become emotionally well, emotionally healed, emotionally strong, in life, And we, we will find ourselves being able to, to stand against all the attacks of the enemy on feelings and on our hearts. Then he says, I want you to proclaim liberty to the captives. And it's interesting in here uh, because there's three references to setting people free. Number one, the liberty to the captives, opening of prison to those who are bound and to proclaim the acceptable year of the, of the law, which is the year of Jubilee, when everybody was, all the slaves were set free, all debts were canceled. And uh, it was an amazing moment all through the land that blow the trumpets and it would go out in certain radius right through the land. And on that day, as soon as a slave owner or a bank heard that message, they had to forgive the loan, set the person free and return lands that had been sold to cover debts, etc. It was a beautiful, wonderful year of recovery and of setting free. And in these three areas, one of the most powerful things the Holy Spirit can do through us is set people free, whether it's from demons, whether it's from their past, whether it's from themselves, from thought patterns that have bound them. But when the Holy Spirit is present, freedom comes. When religion is present, bondage comes. When when oppression is there, people don't dream, they don't sing, they don't laugh. But in Psalm 126, it says, when we got set free, we dreamt, we sang and we laughed. And that's the, the signs of a liberated person, of a liberated church. And I believe that we can bring that filled with the Holy Spirit into our, into our congregations. And then it says in the day of vengeance of our God, people need to know there are outcomes. There are consequences to their actions. And that if you sow bad stuff, it's going to come back on you. Do the wrong thing and don't, re- and, and, and don't repent from it, but be hard against it. You'll find that it'll just come back. The best we can do when we've done wrong is to repent and break the cycle Of reaping back into our lives what we sowed. And when we do that, we will come repentant before God with a broken heart and find ourselves convicted by the Holy Spirit to get right with Him. Then He says to console, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, giving them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That is awesome. You and I are anointed, especially all the leaders in all of our churches. <clears throat> this is our job to comfort people who are in grief and a mourning, not to condemn them. And then to console those who mourn inside, to be an encouragement. The Bible says, greet one another with a holy kiss. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if you've ever been met with a holy slap, but I have once or twice, you know. And so don't greet one another with criticism or with frowning or... Greet one another with a with joy and encouragement. And tell people you've done really well. This is incredible what you've done here. And I heard about something you did over there. It's amazing. Be specific with your encouragement and unique to that person. And you'll find that just one drop of encouragement can change a person's world. It is, it is unbelievable how strong encouragement can be in building up the church. That is what Jesus said He would do. I will build my church. What's that? That's encouraging, edifying and exhorting people, bonding them together. We can all play a part in that by being those people who put courage and faith in the hearts of others to give them beauty for ashes. (laughs) Oh, you know, over the years, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people we've seen come to the Lord. And it is, it is pretty interesting. Some, some people who are coming to Christ, they don't look great. They, they don't look great at all. Uh, m- either miserable or even just physically very challenged in, in life and difficult you know, to, to see how that's going to change. But I have found that when Christ comes into people's lives, whatever was just ashes or ugly, it's transformed. And there are some people I haven't even recognized them when I've gone back there a year later. I said, who are you? They said, oh, I came on that altar call and you, you know, talk to me. We, we found Jesus. He is a transformer from ashes to beauty, the oil of joy for mourning. The answer for grief is not always just to dig into the grief and find out all the reasons why. Sometimes the, the answer, and more often than not, it's displacement. When joy comes in, the depression is displaced. And, and, and we cannot let ourselves be buried and drowning in negative emotions. Spend time in the presence of God. If you are going through those deeply grieving times, be gentle on yourself and, and, and make sure that you're not, not being overwhelmed with, with those feelings. Surround yourself with good, positive people. But eventually the power of the Spirit will carry you into the presence of the Lord where the Bible says there is fullness of joy. Then he says the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Never let the devil steal your song. Never let, let singing and praise be absent from your homes and from your churches. Absolutely. And then this last, this last couple of points here, it says that they may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that He may be glorified. Can I say this? The, the way the trees bear fruit, the only way, is because they're planted. When they are planted in the soil, that's when fruit begins to be. It's not like they're jumping out of this pot into that pot, into this pot. And if we are transient Christians in terms of church life and church attendance and which church we go to, if we go into all sorts of places, we're not planted. God is wanting you and I to be planted in the house that He's called us to. Occasionally there are transplants. That's understandable. But for the most part, being planted is the key to fruitfulness. I've been planted in our church here in Sydney 42 years now. And that's how and I know many of our friends and on, on the team have the, have the same story. But the fruitfulness is enormous. And I, yet I know other talented people, more talented than me, more educated, more intelligent, who who just can't, who won't sit down, who won't get committed. And fruitfulness and effectiveness is completely decimated. So I would urge you to be congregations where you help one another be settled and you put your roots down into those relationships because together we are better. We're better together. And then it says that they shall rebuild the old ruins and they shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many cities, of many generations. You and I in C3 have been called to reach into cities, villages, towns all over the world, especially ones, the areas where there's been ruins. And I have known many of our churches to go into areas that are pretty run down in the middle of cities, in centers around, around different countries. And they have found, Over a period of time, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit and the blessing of God, the entire area has started to flourish and and there's been a rebuilding of things that got destroyed. And so in the name of Jesus here today, I declare over you, Isaiah 61, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you to accomplish all of these things, setting people free, bringing the oil of joy for mourning and to create trees of righteousness planted in the soil of our churches in Jesus' name. We love you. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you soon. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We hope you are inspired with this message. For more information about our church and our program, please visit citruskit.com.